Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. This is church. This is uh, episode three of season one of this is church by the those of you who like uh, what's that uh, production by angel studios the chosen yeah season two has started coming out already three episodes so if you haven't started watching the chosen they haven't paid me to do this but i think it's really good amen so last week we were talking about the centrality of jesus and today we are going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Without the Holy Spirit, you have no church. Yeah, you have the right songs sung in the right key with the right kind of sway. You might even lift up your hands and you can even have a sermon, but you have no church. Because for church to be church, there must be the active working of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Roxy, come and sit here. There must be a work of the Holy Spirit. That's why even the beginnings of the church, Jesus told Peter, I will build my church on this rock I'll be my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And yet he told them, do not do anything, do not go anywhere until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So the church only began after the Holy Spirit came. Just to signify that you, it can look like church, you can have a building, it is, but it's not really church without the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, like church is not in every, every grouping of people. No. When you go for, to, you know, to the golf club and there are a group of people, they are not church. Yeah. <laughs> what validates church is the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, if time allows, I want us to look at three areas. One, the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit to the promise of the Holy Spirit and then lastly the power of the Holy Spirit. So the person, the promise and the power of the Holy Spirit. Of course, if we were to exhaustively talk about the Holy Spirit, we'd need about six months just doing this series every Sunday. Even then it wouldn't be exhaustive. Maybe Sunday, then midweek, then Friday night and we'll still not exhaust because there's just so much but we are only looking at a little bit of it in the context of church amen now the person of the Holy Spirit now little story so I grew up Anglican 
My parents were born again. They were bazukufu. So we always knew that you had to get saved. It wasn't enough to go to, it wasn't enough to, go to the church. You had to get saved because they were saved. And so I started getting saved in primary school. <laughs> Every time the preacher preached and I felt like, oh my God, uh, this is too close. I got saved. Now, that's not how it should be. But I'm telling you how it was. So I got saved several times. But the time that I really felt affirmed, uh, properly saved, I was in, I think, senior three, and there was this gentleman who, who preached to me, and I, I made a commitment, and I started going for fellowship in Kira College Boutique. Then when I went to Mwiri, there was the fellowship at Musoga College was very active, like it was the cool thing to be saved. Like if you are not saved, Yeah. So I participated very much. And then I finished, went to campus, and first relaxed a little bit on church things. And then I replugged into St. Francis and Christian Union. Now, I used to hear people talk about receiving the Holy Spirit in Mwiri, but for me, somehow, it never happened to me. Yeah. So when I went to campus, Again, that was the talk. I said, I really want it, but it never happened to me. Then I started going, I started playing keyboard. I learned how to play keyboard on campus and started going around with missional groups. These ones going Tororo, Capitola, what, wherever. I used to go set up the sound for the mission teams, play the keyboard. The preachers preach, set it down, go. So this one morning, of course, the shock of my life was when we got there and they said, door to door fast. I thought I, th I thought I thought I'd come to to set up and do the crusade stuff door to door. So that's how I had to learn how to preach from the Bible. You had to know John three sixteen. You would think you should know John three sixteen by the time you have been around church for that long. No, I didn't. And then Romans ten ten and something in Second Corinthians. So I was armed with three verses going with another person door-to-door -door preaching. So I kept doing that, going with different missional groups until I went with this particular group where the leader said, no breakfast until you've spoken in tongues. Shake it, hey. Lebra, You know, the interesting thing is when when you have more passion than wisdom, you'll do things. <laughs> so, you know, like, there was no proper teaching about the whole thing, but there was an expectation. So, no breakfast until you've spoken in tongues. Now, with what I know now, it should have been straightforward. Because the Bible says you ask, and the Father gives you the Holy Spirit, and says the Holy Spirit, they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. The speaking is yours, the utterance is for the Holy Spirit. The other thing now that I know about the art of following, again, it shouldn't be complicated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But there we were in the morning. I knew we had to go for about three hours of door-to-door. -door. 
come back, evaluate, go set up for the afternoon, do the crusade in the evening, what? So I, I was like, I'm not going to survive this day without breakfast. Tongues you want, tongues you've got. Shegeba, rendeke. So we were there in the circle, and the leader kept going around, laying hands on people, speaking in tongues himself. So it hit me that if you speak what he's speaking, you may end up speaking in tongues and having breakfast. I know this story sounds so fake. It sounds so fake. That's why I always tell it. But ladies and gentlemen, that's how I started speaking in tongues. And my tongues are authentic, my friend. Yeah, don't play. Because I started there, just what, before I knew it. Hey! So, suffice it to say that I had breakfast. <laughs> when they tell people, no pressure, I'm like, my friend, some of us, it was pressure. Yeah, like, what's this speaking in tongues thing? If God has already given him the Holy Spirit, I'll speak, the utterance will come. So I spoke, and the utterance came. The person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not a bird. The Holy Spirit is not a wind. The Holy Spirit is not a power. The Holy Spirit is not gravitational pull that slays people. <laughs> What have I left out? The Holy Spirit is not a fire. Yeah, it's not a fire, a bird, a pool, a power, a what? As, as, a scream. It's not water. It's none of those things. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. There are... I know this can be confusing, but it shouldn't be, especially if you choose to believe other than examine. For people have been going around this question for more than 2,000 years, and I doubt that you'll be the one to finally resolve it. But it is God in three persons. <laughs> Blessed Trinity. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, our sun shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 my. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Person of the Holy Spirit. If you want to read more about the Person of the Holy Spirit, there's a good book by Pastor Robert Morris called The God I Never Knew. The God I Never Knew. It will give you a very balanced, well-presented uh, 
uh, inquiry. The book again is The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. So the Holy Spirit, you find that he's the most neglected member of the Trinity. We go on and on about the Father and the Son, but the Holy Spirit is somewhere neglected. I think that's why we don't see a lot of power in the church. Because of, of the three members of the Trinity, is the one responsible for the activation of, of God's power in our midst. And so when we leave him out, we end up with all sorts of forms of religion, but without the power. Am I making sense? Think about it this way, that uh, for many years, the church had neglected the Holy Spirit. Many years. Like so many years until around Early 1900s, 1904, 1905, 1906 is when people started again examining this idea of the Holy Spirit as an active member of the Trinity who fills us as believers. And of course, the big mark in, in that whole development was 1910, Azusa Street Revival, out of which has come the influence of a lot of what you see in the world today as far as Christianity is concerned. Estimates around 10 years ago put the number of people who are actively involved in speaking in tongues and other such gifts of the Holy Spirit as a result of what happened at Azusa Revival at around 600 million. But that was about 10 years ago. I believe that right now it's probably gone past a billion through all denominations, all persuasions, people from different streams have embraced the Holy Spirit. The Catholic Church has embraced the Holy Spirit. That's why you've heard of Catholic charismatic renewal. Am I making sense? The church I went to, St. Francis, an Anglican church, there was the embracing of the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's what made it a very dynamic church that released a lot of ministers in that time. Am I making sense? So, we are not talking about some small sect of people who believe we had stuff like speaking in tongues. It's now a majority view, pretty much. Amen. First John 5, 7, together. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Is First John 5, 7 on your screens? Because I don't have it on mine. Alright, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. They bear witness in heaven. Do you see that? Yeah, he said, let us make man in our own image. It means that they were talking to each other when they wanted to dis disrupt Babel. Like, let's go down. Hey. You see, God is plural. God, God, God is in relationship already. You see, even God he doesn't want to be alone. So he's multiple God. Because he's relational. Ah. All right. Go revise the, 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 
nice and creed if you want. John 14, 16 to 17, Jesus speaking, says together, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you, how, how, follow, forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is a helper. There is a Greek word there, which I don't remember, but what it means, it's one who bears along with you. Hmm? Stuart, come quickly. So, if, say, we are going to lift this speaker, huh? and you hold one side, and I hold one side, that's what they mean. That's the kind of helper he is. He bears along with you. Amen. Can you imagine you can go and sit down next to Liz there. Can you imagine having a member of the Holy Trinity? He's done who help bears along with you. That's too much. That's way too much. That whatever it is that life throws at you, he's the one who comes and says, let's live together. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the helper. We talk about helper. Somewhere else he calls him a comforter. Amen. So he's a helper. He's abiding with you forever. And there are dimensions of relationship. He says... For he dwells with you and will be in you. Because at this time they were not yet like. Jesus hadn't been resurrected. So they couldn't receive the spirit in them. Because he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. First Corinthians 6.17 But he was already with them because they were with Jesus who had the spirit without measure. Do you know that you can walk with God so much that people around you they look as if they are walking with God. They start performing miracles when they have not, not the Holy Spirit in them or even upon them. But just by hanging with you, that's a, that's a dimension. That's a dimension. Because they came back re bringing reports. He says, we saw miracles. Where did that come from? Just being with Jesus. So, he says... He's with you, but will be in you. Now, later on, it says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You see, those are three dimensions. In you, that's when you get born again, you receive the Holy Spirit in you. Upon you, that's when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Am, am I making sense? Now, please pay attention. This is very critical. Some of this stuff is just coming as I go, so it's not even in the notes. So, the Holy Spirit in you is when you get born again. Give us John 20, 22. John 20, 22. John 20, 22. John 20, 22. Okay. Your car now. Okay, all right. Let's read together. And when he had said this, let's read together. What did he say? He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy 
spirit. Verse 23, very important. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Personally, I believe that this is when the disciples truly got born again. This is when they truly got born again. They received the Spirit in them. But is that when they received the baptism of the Spirit? No. That's why he tells them, don't go anywhere. Wait in Jerusalem. Then what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon them and they started speaking with other tongues and prophesying in different contexts. So that's the Spirit upon you. Now there is there are more dimensions. You see, there are people who ended on the dimension of the Spirit in you. For them, they got born again, they got their Bible, they started studying it, they're like, it's over. But like Bill Johnson said, the Spirit is in you for your sake, but He's upon you for other people's sake. That's a new dimension, the Holy Spirit upon you. But you know there is even another dimension. The Holy Spirit with you. Now, don't get confused. I'm going to say something that may seem confusing, but it it will not confuse you. I think that is the anointing. There's a dimension. You see, the Holy Spirit upon you is upon you. The same way I'm wearing this shirt. The Holy Spirit with you, there are much less limits to the operation of the Holy Spirit with you. Because he can be with you up to where Liz is. He can also be with me all the way up to Charlie Wajala. And people, those ends are feeling his presence. Now that's a completely new level of anointing. I was reading a book by Bishop Oyedepandi. He uses very good pictures to depict these three levels. One is a well. Now, most of you may not know a well, but a well is a small thing out of which comes water if you pump it. So it's small, it's deep, and it's only sustained with water if there's water in the area. So a well could be like the Holy Spirit in you. That's what Jesus told the woman at the well. <laughs> says, I'll give you living water. And says, the person who has this water in them will never thirst again. That's the experience of being born again. You receive living water. You have a well. Am I making sense? But then he shouted at one point when he was at the temple and said that if anyone believes, he says, my father, that rivers streams of living water will come out of your belly that's the Holy Spirit upon you it is actually an anointing but you might be tempted to stop there you start speaking in tongues what you're like I've arrived no that's rivers and streams now, the interesting thing about streams and rivers is that they can be of different sizes and effectiveness. Yeah. You see, the reason all of us 
are stuck in the jam between Naria and Chalwajara constantly is because there is a stream that crosses around there and so there is not many routes. Everyone has to go through that where they've put culverts near quality. So we are stuck while there's a stream there. Now, you, that one is different from River Nile. Yeah, they're all rivers, but they are different. <clears throat> are there people? Now, the, he compares the Holy Spirit with you. That dimension is rain. Yeah, rain. That covers territories. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We have understood. I must need to move on. John 14, 25, 26. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. He will teach us things about Jesus. Amen. So that's the person of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to talk about the promise? Oh. I will lift my voice and I will sing and I will sing holy holy Acts chapter 1 verse 4 to 8. And being assembled together with them, let's read together, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You see, the word he uses there, baptized. Baptized is not supposed to be a confusing word at all. It simply means to immerse completely. Now, the other time he, he breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now he's talking about an imaginal experience. An imaginal experience. Can I borrow your cup? Yeah, that one. I can pour water in this cup. It can be a little bit of water. Does it have water? It can be halfway. Does it have water? It can even be full. Does it have water? Yes. Now, what, what happens when I get this cup full of water and then I dip it into a bucket full of water? Does it still have water? But it is having a very different experience from the cup with just half of the water, even though all of it is water. Yeah. Tell your neighbor I am hungry for more. Personally, I'm hungry for more. I don't know about you. I'm hungry for more because when I look at the brokenness around us and the promise of what the Bible says we carry, I, I can't relate the two yet. I'm like, is it true? I have that much power? So I, I, I want more. I want more. Yeah. Fill me to the overflow 
feel I want no more Fill me to the overflow Fill me So he said, the, the, wait for the which are, For John baptized with water But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit Not many days from now Therefore, when they had come together They asked him saying, Lord Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, let me just split a few hairs here for hair-splitting purposes. The first is, these people already had the Holy Spirit, as we found out in John 20, Right? And yet there is the promise of another dimension. Amen. So you see, consistent in the scriptures, for example, if you give me Acts 8, 14 to 17, you'll see something there. Acts 8, 14 to 17. Acts 8, 14 to 17. Together. Uh -huh. When the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Are you reading? who when they had come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When do you baptize people? When they are born again, right? So were they born again? Were they baptized in the name of Jesus? Had they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. Now, did they have the Holy Spirit? Yes, you can't be born again without the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So for the, by the time that someone comes and gets baptized and they have accepted Christ, they already have the Holy Spirit. But there is a dimension of an outpouring, of upon, of baptism, of feeling. Amen. And they hadn't had that experience yet. Are you with me? I'm sure that I'm teaching very clearly. And that no one is going to be confused. Now look, there is another actually incident. Acts 19, 1 to 6. Acts 19, 1 to 6. Oh, oh. And it happened where Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? You see, that's a very critical question. Yes, you believed. He didn't say, did you believe? Is that what he is asking? No, he's like, yay, congratulations, brothers. You believed. Awesome. Thank you. You're on your way to heaven. Singing glory, hallelujah, with a tambourine. But did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they say to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. You see, sometimes the way we've done church, we've tried to be so cool that even the next generation don't really know whether there is a Holy Spirit. There are some young people who have never heard anyone speak in tongues. I was talking to a friend of mine, Matt, and he was saying that for him to start speaking in tongues, he, he knew, 
where he grew up, he grew up, finished high school, finished university, and he had never had anyone speak in tongues all his life. And he was a Christian. And it was a friend of his, when he went to visit him in another state, who took him to church, and for the first time, he had people speaking in tongues. For the first time, he saw people praying for people to receive healing and deliverance. And he went home and told his friend, what just happened there? Tell me. So he walked with him and helped him receive. Now, the way we do church nowadays, eh, it's like we are ashamed of the Holy Spirit. Those things of tongues, prayer, what they happen in some small room at the back for those who still believe. For those who still believe, by the way. For some other people, they've stopped believing completely. But it's like, no tongues on the mic. No tongues on. And we used to be that church. Like, yes, we believe in speaking in tongues, but don't do it on the mic because you will offend people who don't know what's happening when they are first time guests. Look, in, in your. In a bid not to offend, then we can't even instruct. It's like we've taken the Holy Spirit and said, Holy Spirit, around here, no. In the back room there, yes. If you were the Holy Spirit, would you be so excited to move in the midst of the people? I, I'm preaching better than you're listening. Lemombro hala kazikete ye kazimbro ziye kaya Jobro hozikaya kambro ziye kaya You see, once you start speaking in tongues, it's so natural and so normal that that's why we do it, so that people don't feel that it's a weird thing. Tongue talking is not a weird thing. No. It's a powerful thing. Amen. It's like if I love my wife, which I do, but I never talk about her in public. Like, for me, I love only when you're in secret. Mm. When in secret, I'll tell you, I love you. Now you're here in people. Hey, distance yourself. Don't even sit near each other. Be far from. Hey! It's as if you're ashamed of me in public, but you want me in private. No. It don't work. This sermon is going so well. Even. So what did they say? We have never heard whether it is whether there is no whether there is a Holy Spirit. Like what? A what? What are you talking about? Mbu what? Now these people, they believed. They even <laughs> look. They even got baptized, a certain kind of baptism. But for the Holy Spirit. Is that a type of table? Is it a cloth? Next. Next verse. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe in him whom, who would come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they had this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. 
You see that? That's the promise. That's the promise. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there are certain things that happen that are evident. And in the, in the book of Acts, the most consistent sign, that's why we go with it, it was speaking in tongues. There was even a guy who tried to buy the thing. It says, when he saw that the Holy Spirit could be given by the laying on of hands, told Peter, where do I pay? It means that something expressively outward happened that he could see. Otherwise, how did he know that they were baptized by the Holy Spirit? You see, you can't tell by just looking at a person. Now that one has been baptized. It's not by looks. They are speaking in tongues. That's how by Jesus, oh, no, Elimas. Was it Elimas? Whatever his name. The power of the Holy Spirit, section 3, the power of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 1 to 14. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. You guys used to read English. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. How many? All filled with the Holy Spirit and what happened? Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or utterance, depending on which one you want. Amen. So these guys, they had been up there for 10 days waiting for the day of Pentecost. On the day of ascension is when they went into the upper room and they prayed for 10 days. You see, also to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, you, there must be some level of expectation. Yeah, you can't be down there in Chikalai world consistently, and you're like, if he wants it for me, he will bring it. No. You have to have an anticipation. You have to prepare your heart. God doesn't force the Holy Spirit upon you. These guys waited 10 days. Now, you don't have to wait 10 days. It could just be a threat of no breakfast. And then you get focused. <laughs> I like telling my story because it's so inglorious. How did you receive the Holy Spirit? To, to, to have breakfast. Now this can happen for a whole group or it can happen when you are alone. But the most consistent sign we see in the New Testament is speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. Acts 10, 46. Acts 10, 46. Give me Acts 10, 46. Together. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered. Hey, is that where the verse ends? Wow. So this is Peter speaking in Cornelius' house. And then while he was talking about the remission of sins, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon those who are listening to Peter. Take me back a couple of verses so we get the context right. Typically, if you press the arrow pointing upwards, we'll go back, depending on the program. This is when I, I need my analog Bible. Okay. Back. Okay. 
while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. You see, the Holy Spirit can come upon you just by hearing the word. Yeah, there are many people who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit during services or when we are praying. Yeah, and that can happen for you today. I'm praying that will happen for all of you if you haven't received. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. As I speak, Ezekiel 2, 2 says, as he spake unto me, the Spirit entered into me. Yeah. As he spake, the Spirit entered. As Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Now, very, very, very instructive verse, next two verses, next two verses. Give me verse 45. Give me verse 45, please. <laughs> That's it. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with you, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. Now, they were astonished. You see, the Bible says, as he was speaking, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, how did these other fellows know they had been filled with the Holy Spirit? It wasn't like he was speaking and then they were all looking at Peter intently, the way you are all looking at me. And then they looked at them looking at him and they're like, the, the way they are looking at him, I think they have been filled by the Holy Spirit. No! Something happened that told these people, hey, because they were astonished. In other words, there was some physical sign. And the Bible doesn't leave us guessing. Verse 46 tells us what happened. Wow, guys on the projection, I need a little bit more speed because otherwise I don't have. They were astonished. They knew that they were filled by the Holy Spirit. Uh -huh. Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That, that, thing, that, that, that was the evidence for them. They're like, because the Jews didn't believe salvation was of the Jews. In fact, for Peter to end up in Cornelius' house, a series of miracles had happened that ended, got him there. The same way a series of miracles happened that got me to listen to Bishop Doug. That was Peter's scenario. So he's there speaking. I think he's like, okay, God has told us to come. Let us talk. He's talking then. They're like, hey, what? These people have been filled by the Holy Spirit. How did they know? They had them speaking with other tongues. In the verse I, I told you about in Acts 19, 6, how did Paul know that they had received the baptism? They spoke with other tongues. Amen. Wow. Acts 4, 29 to 31. I'm about to start finishing. Especially if you're all as excited as I am. You know. Now, Lord... Look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Prepare to have several encounters. You see, these are the same people who were in the upper room. But again, they had another Encounter and moreover, this was after they've been threatened, you will not preach in the name of Jesus. So they just said, You know what? We have no choice, let's pray. 
and they, they, they decided to pray for God to confirm the word with signs and wonders. You get, you get the dream? And what happened? They, no, 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 no. This is what you need. Holy Spirit. This is the same phenomenon in Acts 1. Jesus tells these people, you shall receive that wait until the Holy Spirit has come. Now, for them, their mind is on something else. So they're like, now, Lord, okay, 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 the Holy Spirit is going to come. Okay, we have understood. Now, will you restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus is like, but these dudes, I'm telling them the real deal, they are going for other things, you know. Like, they are all things you've been praying for. Lord, will you at this time bring back my husband? I'm here preaching about the Holy Spirit, but you're there thinking about the campaign in your leg. I'm here preaching about the Holy Spirit, but they are thinking about the unpaid rent. You're there thinking about the school fees. You're there thinking about the white fridge. You know when your fridge is white inside. You're there thinking about... God, God, God is giving you the biggest deal, the Holy Spirit. But for you, are like, okay, 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 Lord. Will you bring my husband back? Will you heal the sickness? Will you supply the fridge? Will you wherever? Lord, will you? Will you? And Jesus said, hey, that's not important. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's what is important. And says, and you shall be witnesses to me. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to be witnesses. It's not to shake. It's not to fall. It's not even to speak in tongues. That's all good. But it is to be witnesses. The reason the majority of the church never experienced the power of God is because they are not involved in the witnessing to the name of Jesus. You will never experience power just staying at home. You have to go out. Yeah. If you have weapons and they are in your castor. You will never know whether they work or not until you go out to fight. You'll be that people, this gun can shoot, this gun can shoot. No, we don't care. You have to first go. Are you with me? Are you with me? Lord, will you at this time? It's not in your whatever to know, but you shall receive power. That's what he says. It's not, that's not whatever. Moreover, you might even be a little bit noble like this people. You're no longer even asking for your own counsel and the genes, but you are talking about national things. Lord, will you fix the economy now? Will you fix the corruption? Lord, will you fix the thievery? Lord, and says, no, it's not in your interest to know. Here is what you should know. Here is the answer to all your concerns about whatever it is. Power. When what? The Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then all those things will pale in significance. Pastor Bithri and Angela, you, you please come. Let's get me off this stage otherwise. Shall receive power. As they come, two cautions. Two, two like this. One, the Holy Spirit 
and his gifts that he comes with are free. Eh? You, there is no need to pay. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said, Repent, every one of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Luke 11.13 says, If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who receive? So, God is not there withholding, saying, Mm-mm. That hairstyle, not yet. No, it then it's not a gift. If you have to first work for it in any way, it's not a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's free. It's free. Do you understand that? I was talking about Simon the sorcerer. Is the guy who, when he saw that, when the apostles laid hands, people received. He was like, "Hey, here is money." Give me that verse so that we are not doubtful. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. He thought it was good business. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because he thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. If you go anywhere and they say, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, this is the basket. Just know you have entered dangerous territory. You are about to be filled with something else. (laughs) Not the Holy Spirit. Or anything the Holy Spirit gives for that matter. If it is healing. And they say, ah, what kind of healing? What are you suffering from? Okay. I think, you see that basket there? Just run you have entered a spirit that is not of God. God's things are free because he already paid for them fully through Christ. Amen. Have you taken that question? Have you received it? Aren't you glad it's all free? Yay. Let me tell you, it's so free that even if you have been bored by the whole message, and you can't wait for me to finish. Even you, you will receive. I'm telling you, yeah. Even when you're not paying attention, yeah. I'm telling you, that's how it works. I don't think that everyone in Cornelius' house was listening attentively. No. Can I bring the second question? This one may not excite you like the previous one. I'd actually, I'd finished preparing my message when these two came up last night. I thought I knew exactly what I wanted to talk about until the questions came up. The second question is the Father, hmm? the, the giver of the Holy Spirit, is very sensitive about dishonoring the Holy Spirit. He's what? Very sensitive about dishonoring the Holy Spirit. Very sensitive. And so we should be very careful and honorable. Now, here is the thing. You're going to ask yourself, how on earth can I dishonor the Holy Spirit? He's even a spirit. He's a what? A spirit. Kakati, how do you dishonor a spirit? And then God showed me how to dishonor the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say in Luke 4, 18? This one knows all the scriptures. The spirit of the Lord is upon me 
for he has anointed me. You see this woman here? Unless you've never had her preach or haven't been around her, the Spirit of the Lord is upon her and has anointed her. Now, when you dishonor her, you dishonor the Holy Spirit who is upon her. When you dishonor her in her office as a minister, as a friend, we can pinch each other, what? Joke around. Because our friendship is not governed by the anointing. Am, am I making sense? But her ministry, her ministry is a ministry empowered by the Holy Spirit and the anointing. So when it comes to her ministry, I have to be very careful how I deal with her as a minister, as a friend. Ah, sure. She's even shorter than me. But as a what? Very sensitive. God is very sensitive about these things. And some of us have had to learn the hard way. Acts 5, 1 to 5. But a certain man named Ananias huh? with Sapphira, his wife, sold a what? A possession and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? To lie to the... Was Ananias speaking to the Holy Spirit? Bambi, come back. Who was Ananias speaking to? To Peter. So imagine I'm Ananias, I'm speaking to Peter. Then Peter is like, you are lying to the Holy Spirit. Who is upon with, in and kept back for yourself next verse, my time while it remained, was it not your own? like, who forced you to sell your house? no one who, told, who forced you to make that pledge? no one it was yours after it was sold, even after you sold it was still yours all you needed to do was come and say apostle I sold the house. We got 200 ma, over 300. Kakati, I would like to give 50 to the ministry. We are going to reinvest the 250 back in wherever we come from. Guess what? Perfectly okay. But he's here talking to Peter. He brings of the 300, let's say, brings 200. It's even more than the one who would have brought 50. 200 is kept back 100. It's like, uh-uh. Personal protection plan. And Peter is like, hey, is, is this, this is, and like, we sold the house. Hey, how much? 200. What? Why, why, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to Peter. Uh, I told you this part wouldn't excite you, but I wouldn't be a good pastor. 
if I only teach you the things that excite you? You've not lied to men, but to God. Next. Then Ananias hearing these words fell down, breathed his last, so great fear came upon all those words, these things. Same thing happened to his wife. Give me Acts 13. Give me Acts 13, 6 to 12. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they, joined, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, next verse, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimas, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with what? Filled with the devil? Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. This is the same, this is the same Paul who had looked intently at a man in, uh, in where? In Lystra and got him healed by the Holy Spirit. Now he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He looks at the man and says, all full of all deceit, all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord, which, the hand of who? Is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Now, this is not how God operates. I want to, to defend God. This is not God's general attitude. He goes around making people blind. No, no, that's not God. Jesus went around making people see, healing all. But these sort of glimpses, because this, this is not the pattern of the Bible. The pattern of the Bible is a good God. But they give us a glimpse into what lengths God is willing to go to to defend the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, Mark 3, 22 to 30, as I finish, my goodness. The, script, the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub. And by the rule of the demons, he casts out demons. My co-preacher keeps going out. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that, that house cannot stand. Using parables, yeah? And if Satan has raised up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but has an end. Next. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder the house. Next. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the son of man. And whatever blasphemies... But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. So what he's saying, he's saying, eh? here is Jesus under the Holy Spirit, healing the sick, doing all sorts of signs and wonders. And then what do the other guys say? It is the devil. And Jesus is like, you know what? It is not me you are offending. 
It's not me you are insulting. For me, you can insult me, you'll be forgiven. After all, even when he was on the cross, didn't he say, forgive them for they know not what they're doing? But he says, insulting the person who is working through me to heal these people. You're, you're setting yourself up for a very dangerous spot. That's why you see a lot of people who just open their mouths without knowledge and start speaking against the anointing on people's lives, even when those people don't even know that they are talking about it. You see, like, Moses, Miriam and who? Aaron. They were not talking directly to Moses, saying, Moses, do you think you are... The? No, they were in private conversation. But does God only talk to... Imagine Miriam and Aaron are there talking. Does God only talk to Moses? There may be in Aaron's tent. Their brother and sister. Does God only talk to Moses and we also prophets? Well, leprosy immediately. Without Moses being there. Over to you guys. Wow. Would you please get up on your feet? Let's get up and respond to the word. Wow. You know, God loves us so much that he would instruct, exhort, correct. That's love. And as Apostle was finishing, um, I thought about that, that last thing he just said, that touching the anointing. And, and it's not, in our day and age, it's probably not leprosy. But the enemy has an inroad into our lives when we walk in ignorance and touch the anointing that is supposed to work for the witness because he's protecting the witnessing for the mission. God is on mission. And I sense in my heart that today, God is correcting. Some of us, you know the things he's correcting. That we're out of ignorance, lack of knowledge. And he's a God who calls to repentance. And his love draws us to that. So go ahead and do what you sense in your heart he's telling you to do. The instructions are clear. But this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here and you've never come into relationship with Jesus Christ, never. Today is the day of your salvation. God who made you wants to have a relationship with you, wants to give your life purpose and meaning. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to respond. He's already inviting you, but you're saying yes. And so I just want you to put your hand up and say, today I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to make a decision to make Jesus Lord of my life. Put your hand up boldly. Thank you, my brother, my sister. Put your hands up boldly. Pastors, we run to you. Quickly, pastors, I need you moving fast. Don't stroll. Run to these people. Just put your hand up at the different locations, hosting centers. Today you're saying, I break fellowship with the devil. I want a life of partnership with my heavenly father. I want to come back home. Put your hand up. Don't be afraid. Fear is not from God. You don't need to figure anything out. Just put your hand up. That's all you need to do to respond to say, I'm the one saying yes. Once a pastor comes to you where you are, you can put that hand down. If you're online, you're at home in a car in the office you can put that hand up boldly saying today I'm coming home today I'm saying yes to Jesus to be my Lord and Savior and, and just put that hand up boldly and pray this simple prayer after me say Lord Jesus I believe with all my heart I confess with my mouth that you died for my sins 
and you rose again victorious. Today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something significant with it. Today I am born again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate with these people who have come home today? There is a party in heaven right now celebrating your homecoming. There's a number on the screen if you're not with us. 0775-6424-49. If you're outside of Uganda, that's plus 256-775-6424-49. Send us a message. Let us know that you've said yes to Jesus. And there's a pastor waiting to bring you into relationship with Jesus and help you understand what has happened. I, God wants to minister to us this morning and I'm going to just invite Pastor Angela to continue doing that. I was reading a book yesterday about the Holy Spirit and the author said that when we keep referring to the Holy Spirit as it, we stop thinking of the Holy Spirit as a person. And Apostle Moses was teaching three areas and he first taught about the person of the Holy Spirit. When you say it, when we are growing up in school, it refers to non-living things, right? So you can't look at this speaker, it, and try and have a conversation with the speaker. And tell the speaker your heart. And allow the speaker to guide you or to help you because it is an it. And Apostle Moses says that the Holy Spirit is God. And we read a verse that shows that the Holy Spirit is God. So the Holy Spirit would like to have a relationship with you as a person, as God. And not an it, not junior Holy Spirit. My husband is Emmanuel. We have a son called Amar. The Holy Spirit is not junior Emmanuel. The Holy Spirit is Emmanuel. Well, God with us. It's funny. But... The Holy Spirit is a person and he would like to have a relationship with you, okay? I'm going to invite us all to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to invite us all to just still our hearts, still our hearts and start having a conversation with the person of the Holy Spirit. He wants to abide with you. He wants to be your helper. He wants to bear with you. He wants to guide you in all truth. He wants to show you the things that the Father has in store for you. He wants to enable you to minister. But if you think of him as an it, you will not open your heart to the Holy Spirit. So let's just pray in tongues. Let's just pray in tongues. Let's just pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Expose your heart to Him. Allow your mind to, to receive Him. Someone here needs to know the Holy Spirit is not weird. There's someone in the room right now. You feel like expressing yourself. Please go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can shout if you want. You can jump if you want. You can just be still. There's someone that's feeling like you're welling in your belt, but you can feel it in your tummy right now. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. 
It's going to happen for you. It will happen as you're going home in the car. It will happen when you get home. We've got so many people send us reports of... It's all different. It's all variant. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.